Hey y'all, and welcome to the very first episode of In Killing Color. I'm your host, Kendra, and I'm here to tell you all about true black crime. I want to bring to light the unheard and push down stories of black serial killers, lesser known murderers, and true tales of crime scene cleanup. The danger in ignoring black victims and perpetrators is not only in the devaluation of black life, but also in ignoring systematic oppression that makes black people more vulnerable to violent crime and less likely to receive justice. I'm not saying let's celebrate black crime, but let's just bring some light to it and let the people know what's really happening. True crime is horrible. Luckily, I'm not. Here we go. These are their stories. Can you name an African-American serial killer? Usually the answer is probably no. The existence of the African-American serial killer is a fact that appears to have escaped the attention of the American public. And obviously for the obvious reasons. (laughs) Previous research has identified 90 black serial killers starting back as early as 1945. Yet the celebrity and notoriety are absent from America's popular cultural landscape. And again, I'm sure you know why. Despite the fact that numerous television shows, news reports, and film address several serial murders, fictional and non-fictional portrayals, there remains a lack of information and portrayals regarding black serial killers in general. Well, you guys are now in luck. In this new series that I'm gonna call Seriously Serial, you try to say that like six times, Seriously Serial, We will discuss all things related to African-American serial killers. Some have actually been closer to you than you actually even know. And that's the part that really has me shook. With that being said, let's get this series going. And today we're going to talk about Roberta Elder, a.k.a. Mrs. Bluebeard. You don't know who that is? Surely you don't. (laughs) But at the end of this episode, you will. Let's go. Roberta Elder was dubbed Atlanta's Mrs. Bluebeard, a term often referring to those that have killed multiple family members based on a children, get that, a children's fairy tale in which a really rich man with a blue beard killed multiple wives and left their bodies to rot in a special room at his house. That's gross. But the fact that it was a children's story is even grosser. Anyway. While Roberta's killing spree did not draw attention from the mainstream white press, the black press, including the Pittsburgh, Corian, Chicago defender, reported on the case and Elder's victims. The coroner declared Roberta's killing spree as an unheard of thing. Believe that. That read something out of a storybook, but it still received a little bit of attention. Elder was sent to prison. She never confessed and her killings and her victims went on basically unremembered. By the time Roberta was arrested in the summer of late 1952, she'd already murdered at least 14 people, perhaps more. Her motive, it was the coin, of course. Elder had life insurance policies on each and every one of her victims with herself as the sole beneficiary. Her weapon of choice was arsenic, so she was out here poisoning people in the food that she was preparing just for regular dinner. 
Like most female serial killers, Elder preferred to administer her poison to her victims while seeming to care for them and treat them good and be like, oh, here's some dinner, but here's some seasoning. Not Lowry's, but it's arsenic. <laughs> Go figure. It is thought that Elder began killing in 1938 when her first common law husband, John Woodard, age 36, died under suspicious circumstances that December. Not long after, James W. Thurman, Elder's son from her first marriage, died six months later at the age of 13 in June of 1939. Jimmy Lee Crane Hunter, the grandson of Elder, died also in 1941. Over the next 10 years, Elder would kill 10 other people, including three spouses, along with several of her own children and grandchildren. Nobody was safe under this bitch's care, okay? However, it was not until 1952 that Elder came under suspicion when her third husband, William H. Elder, died from what appeared to be a case of pneumonia. He was a primarily a construction worker outside of being a pastor, but he had gotten sick at work after eating bananas and cheese. I'm not really sure, like, what kind of option that was for lunch, but at that point, I guess that was just like, hey, girl, here's the food. <laughs> he got sick at work and went home so his wife could take care of him. They called the doctor, and William was given some medicine for his stomach, which was hurting, of course, after eating bananas and cheese. And the doctor told the wife, call me if he gets worse. Unfortunately, by the time the doctor was called again, it was too late. Dr. Reverend Elder was dying. The family doctor noticed some unusual symptoms and decided against signing the death certificate and called for the coroner to come instead. The coroner came in and immediately was like, oh no. Reverend Elder's skin was a strange red color and his body was emaciated. More than that, there had been two prior deaths within the Elder household in the past two years. Fannie Mae Elder in 1951, who was 15, and Annie Pearl, who was nine in 1950, both appeared to have died from pneumonia. Now I do need to figure out what months these were because I don't think you catch a pneumonia in June, in July. I don't know. We're going to have to come back to that because I need to figure that out. The appearance of Reverend Elder's body and the frequent deaths in the household prompted the coroner to test for arsenic. I guess back then that was the first test you take, but either way. Arsenic was dubbed the inheritance powder, basically meaning that you could kill somebody and nobody would know because they're not going to test for arsenic. A pea-sized dose was enough to kill a grown man and it was readily available. You could get it at a beauty store and it was used for medical tonics and stuff like that. The pink powder was her weapon of choice for everybody. They exhumed the bodies of Annie Pearl and Fannie Mae and both were found to have arsenic in their hair. This was enough for the coroner to declare the cause of death murder by arsenic poisoning. The subsequent investigation determined that Elder had looked after her husband as well as her two stepdaughters after they got sick. She had also prepared their food and gave them medicine, which was milk of magnesia, when they were sick. She also was determined to be the only beneficiary on life insurance policies for all of the deceased. Reverend Elder had one for $550. Fannie Mae had one for $500. I'm guessing back in 1950, $550 was a coin. Because I'm not killing nobody and getting $550. <laughs> what? <laughs> I 
other living family members who had previously fallen ill with cases of what they believed to be food poisoning, flu, or bouts of pneumonia started to come forward as well. Roberta was arrested in connection with the death of Reverend Elder on September 26, 1952. So that leads me back to you're not getting pneumonia in September. I, I don't, I don't, that's, that doesn't, I don't see. I could be wrong. I'm not a medical professional, but not September. I don't know about that. She was obviously found guilty and sentenced to a life sentence in prison. And that's it. The most striking part about this case was the relatively small amount of information that was actually available. Nanny Doss, which was a white lady who was killing people the exact same way at the exact same time, got much more media coverage both then and now. Doss has a Wikipedia entry. We know facts about her life and her victims' lives too. People have put together YouTube series about her crimes and they speculate that her difficult childhood, quote, contributed to her criminal behavior of course it was a difficult childhood but with the black lady it's just oh girl she was out here killing because she needed 550 dollars <laughs> Doss is humanized even as they write stories about her murders there are so many photos of her unconnected to her crimes ironically a search for black female serial killers turn up a list of female killers none of whom are black but nanny Doss is definitely on that list Though Roberta Elder's victims died decades ago, the phenomenon of consistently devaluing black value violent crimes <laughs> remains to this day, evident by the persistent public fascination with Nanny Doss and her white victims, while Roberta and her black victims are basically forgotten. So between 1952 and 1954, the press followed Elder's case through the criminal justice system while law enforcement found more potential victims to blame on her and the white press literally said nothing. Meanwhile, mainstream media became distracted by the giggling granny, which is what they decided to call her because every picture she was in, she was laughing and kikiing and carrying on like she wasn't out here murdering people. And now she continues to attract infamy, infamy as a notorious female serial killer. Conversely, there is little known or remembered about Roberta, her crimes or her victims. Obviously, she was caught and given justice, but the myth that blacks aren't serial killers still prevails, which makes the statistic of 64,000 missing black women in the U.S. or the decades of Samuel Little, we'll talk about him later, murdering largely numbers of black women, up to 93 people, 93, we'll come back to that, 93, after he was arrested and found out and he went to jail and he just started confessing to a whole bunch of stuff. Anyway. As long as black serial killers are perceived as an anomaly and their crimes are forgotten, their victims will go without justice, leaving their families with more questions than answers. All right, y'all. So thank you for listening to my very first episode. Um, you can follow me on all social media platforms at In Killing Color. And that's it. In Killing Color. Spelled exactly the way it looks, sounds, all that want to say thank you to my producer yes y'all i got a producer i'm not doing this by myself my producer sweet talkers studios you can follow them on instagram at it's the sweet talkers you can follow them because they're great and they do great stuff they got lots of stuff anyway appreciate y'all for listening i'll be back next time with another fun episode i can't wait to talk about this one because 
it's hilarious it's not funny but it's funny <laughs> it's not funny anyway y'all have a good one bye <laughs> It's funny because it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs>